Facebook at Elisa, A-L-I-S-A, dot Samara, S-O-M-E-R-A, at S-F-G-O-V dot O-R-G, or by U.S. Mail to dot one, Dr. Carlton B. Goodlet Place, room 244, San Francisco, California, 94102. If you submit public comment in either of these ways, it will be forwarded to the commissioners and be included as part of the official file. Madam Chair, that concludes my announcements. Thank you so much, Madam Clerk. Uh, I'd like to give my colleagues, including our newest colleague, uh, a friendly reminder to put your name in the chat. Uh, that's how we function as a roster, as well as uh, for, for the order to speak, as well as to um, allow uh, a, better, a better way for our uh, clerk to keep the minutes. Uh, Madam Clerk, could you please call the roll? Um, on the roll, uh, Chair Chan. Present. Chan, present. Vice Chair Fielder. Present. Fielder, present. Commissioner Marr. Present. Marr, present. Commissioner Williams. Present. Williams, present. And double checking that. It, yeah, um, Madam Chair, you have a quorum. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Uh, please call item number two. Yes, item number two are the findings to allow teleconference minding, fight meetings under California Government Code Section 54953E. Members of the public who wish to provide comment on this item should call the public comment number now, 415-655-0001, meeting ID 2491-166-1136, then pound and pound again. If you haven't already done so, please dial star three to line up to speak. A system prompt will indicate that you have raised your hand. Please wait until we call for public comment on this item and the system indicates you have been unmuted and that will be your cue to begin your comments. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Before we make a motion to adopt these findings, can we please open to public comment? Uh, yes, uh, today we have James Kawana from uh, DT joining us today. Um, James is checking to see if we have any callers in the queue and there are no callers for this matter. Great, thank you, Madam Clerk. Then uh, I would like to make a motion to approve these findings. And uh, may I have a second? I second. Thank you. This motion uh, is moved by myself uh, and second by Vice Chair Builder. Um, Madam Clerk, please call the roll. Yes, Vice Chair Fielder. Aye. Fielder, aye. Commissioner Marr. Aye. Marr, aye. Commissioner Williams. Aye. Williams, aye. Chair Chan. Aye. Chan, aye. There are four ayes. Thank you. This finding is approved without any objections. And uh, Madam Clerk, please call item number three. Yes, item number three is approval of the LAFCO minutes from September 16th, 2022 regular meeting. Members of the public who wish to provide comment on this item should call 415-655-0001 now with the, enter the meeting ID 2491-166-1136 then pound and pound again. If you haven't already done so, please dial star three to line up to speak. A system prompt will indicate you have raised your hand. Please wait until we call for public comment and the system indicates you have been unmuted and that will be your cue to begin your comment. Madam Chair. Thank you. I see no names on the roster, so my assumption is there is no comments or any changes to the minutes uh, proposed by any commissioner. So in that event, um, Madam Clerk, please open this for public comment. 
Yes, uh, Mr. Kawana is checking to see if we have any callers in the queue. If you've not already done so, please dial star three to line up to speak. Mr. Kawana, it does appear we have one caller in the queue. If you could put that person forward. Can you hear me okay? Yes, please proceed. Uh, great. Uh, David Pilpel, good morning. Um, I think there was only one thing I noticed on the minutes on the last page the uh, note about the actions not necessarily in chronological sequence uh, is repeated. So I think uh, that could perhaps be uh, removed and the rest of it is good enough and, and actually very good and, and a fair summary of what happened. Thanks very much for listening. Thank you for your comments. Mr. Kawana, do we have any callers in the queue? There are no call other callers. Thank you. Seeing no public comments, public comment is now closed. Madam Clerk, could you please call? Oh, let's actually call roll to. Oh, I have to move. Sorry. I yes. will move <laughs> approve. <laughs> I will move to approve the minutes. Uh, I will make the motion to approve the minutes. May I have a second? Second. Thank you. The motion was moved by me and uh, and second by Commissioner Marr. Uh, Madam Clerk, please call the roll. On item number three, Vice Chair Fielder. Aye. Fielder, aye. Commissioner Marr. Aye. Marr, aye. Commissioner Williams. Aye. Williams, aye. Chair Chan. Aye. Chan, aye. Therefore, ayes. Great. This motion uh, to approve the minutes has been unanimously approved. Uh, Madam Clerk, please call uh, item number four. Yes, item number four is a Community Choice Aggregation Activities Report. Um, a is the Clean Power SF Integrated Resource Plan Modeling Results. Members of the public who wish to provide comment on this item should call the number 415-655-001, meeting ID 2491-166-1136, then pound and pound again. If you haven't already done so, please dial star three to line up to speak and a system prompt will indicate you have raised your hand. Please wait until we talk, call for public comment on this item and the system indicates you have been unmuted. That will be your cue to begin your comments. Madam Chair. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Um, I do believe for item number four is our uh, community choice um, aggregation activities report, which we typically have on a monthly basis. And today we will hear from uh, Clean Power SF Director Michael Hines, and uh, I believe he is bringing his team with with him and I'll have him to introduce his team. And of course, as you know, every month that we keep our presentation at 10 minutes, um, and then uh, for all the commissioners, if you could hold your questioning until the end of the presentation, I would really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Director Himes. Thank you and good morning, Chair Chan and uh, LAFCO commissioners. I'm Mike Himes. I'm the Deputy Assistant General Manager uh, in the SFPUC's Power Enterprise responsible for the Clean Power SF program. Um, so as Chair Chan introduced for today's uh, standing CCA report, I'm joined by several of my colleagues uh, to present to you our 2022 Clean Power SF Integrated Resource Plan results. Cheryl Taylor, our Clean Power SF Operations Manager, will lead the presentation this morning. And we're also joined by Mallory Albright, our IRP Project Manager, 
and Peter Galata, our power communications manager, uh, to support any questions you may have. Uh, so with that, I'm gonna turn it over to Cheryl um, and I'll bring up our slides. Thank Cheryl? you. Uh, can you all hear me? Oh no, yes. I don't know if you can hear. Oh good, okay, great, thank you. you, you. Great, thank you. Um, so while Mike is doing that, I'd like to say good morning, commissioners. My name is Cheryl Taylor, Operations Manager for Clean Power SF. And as Mike said, I'm here today to present the modeling results for our 2022 Integrated Resource Plan. Um, so as noted in our presentations to you on July 15th and September 16th, we're, we will be seeking um, SFPUC commission approval of our integrated resource plan at that body's next meeting, which is Monday rather than Tuesday, October 24th. And after that, we'll submit the approved plan to the California PUC by the November 1st deadline. So now before starting, I would like to recognize the tremendous work performed by the team. Um, Mallory Albright has conducted the lion's share of the work and she's supported by Elon Fass, Kiara Herman, and Firas Abusnena, who also made substantial contributions. As well, the power community communications manager, Peter Galata, and his team, Donald Pollitt and Jackie Randazzo, facilitated a very creative and thoughtful community engagement process. So, next slide. Um, so, what is an integrated resource plan? Um, and as a reminder, an integrated resource plan is an emergency planning tool or process used to support achieving policy goals and meeting regulatory requirements. Our planning process has been focused on identifying a portfolio of electricity resources to meet our customers' demand, local policy goals, and state regulatory requirements at the lowest possible cost. And we are required to submit this plan to the California PUC by November 1st. And the plan that we submit will identify a portfolio of electricity resources to meet our customers' electricity demand through 2035. Next slide. Um, the CPUC allows electricity providers to consider conforming and alternative portfolios in their plans. With the conforming portfolios, we are required to use inputs and assumptions provided by the CPUC. With the alternative portfolios, those provide us the flexibility to use Clean Power FS specific inputs and assumptions. We will use the conforming portfolios as a base to guide procurement for the minimum volume of resources needed to meet projected electricity demand and support statewide reliability goals. The alternative portfolios will provide a roadmap for us for additional procurement necessary to meet alternative views of the future driven by changing consumer demand and local policies. Uh, next slide. So we analyzed four energy resource scenarios, two each that are conforming and alternative. Uh, the first two are the conforming scenarios, and, and that's the base case, which is meeting and maintaining the city's 2025 renewable energy goal, and a time coincident case that emphasizes matching renewable energy produced with customer electricity usage in 95% of all hours by 2030. Um, as a note, we also released a hybrid modeling result for a modified time coincident case that examined a 90% time coincident scenario. The alternative scenarios included 
the next two, three and four, a climate action plan or mayor's electric vehicle and building electrification targets met case that supplies the estimated increase in electricity demand through 2040, resulting from San Francisco's emission-free trips and building decarbonization targets. And lastly, a local resource procurement case that supplies 50% of Clean Power SF's forecasted electricity demand with local resources by 2030. Uh, next slide. Uh, recognizing that local investment is a goal for Clean Power SF, our project team required all portfolios to include over 285 megawatts of local resource capacity, including 50 megawatts of geothermal, a little over 85 megawatts of solar, and 150 megawatts of local battery storage. And this local investment represents six to $700 million commitment to local projects. And so now on to the initial results with the next slide. Um, so we can go to the next slide after that too. Um, so these pie charts illustrate the total resource capacity in 2035 for each conforming portfolio developed to supply 100% renewable energy by 2025. The base case up top includes 2,000, nearly 2,300 megawatts of total resource capacity in 2035, while the 95% time coincident portfolio on the left calls for about 3,250 megawatts of total capacity by 2035, about 41% more than the base case. The 90% time coincident portfolio on the lower right provides a mid-case example and includes nearly 2,500 megawatts of total resource capacity by 2035, including the most energy storage and geothermal capacity of the three portfolios. The new resource capacity added for each portfolio is identified above each pie chart. Um, and so as you can see, the 90% time coincident case is in the middle, calling for nine, nine, 922 megawatts of new resource capacity by 2035. Okay, next slide. Next slide. Um, these, the portfolios have similar and diverse energy mixes, as you can see. The 95 time coincident case includes the most wind, both on and offshore, while the 90% time coincident case includes the most geothermal generation in 2035. Next slide. The portfolio cost. This slide shows the average portfolio cost for the conforming portfolios over the 2023-2035 planning horizon. The base case portfolio costs are the lowest of the conforming portfolios, while the 95 percent time coincident portfolio is the most costly due to the significant amount of additional energy supply it requires. The 90% time coincident portfolio is only 4% higher in cost than the base case, while the 95% time coincident portfolio is 30% higher than the base case portfolio. So next slide, um, we're moving on now to the alternative cases, the first being the mayor's EV and building decarbonization targets um, case. So on, the, on that next slide, um, and just again to remind you, with these two cases, we are permitted to use our own inputs and assumptions in the development of these alternative portfolios. So in the mayor's EV and building decarb targets case, Matt, 
staff estimated the total increase in electricity usage resulted from resulting from the increase in passenger vehicle trips and building electrification as illustrated on the graph over the 2023 and 2035 planning horizon, if these decarbonization targets are met, the estimated increase in annual energy usage is estimated to exceed the CPUC assigned forecast by about 30% annually. So next slide. And to meet the higher forecasted electricity demand, 1,682 megawatts in new resource capacity is required for the mayor's electric vehicle and building decarbonization targets met case by 2035. And you can see the capacity amount for each resource type is provided at the bottom of the graph. Um, next slide will show us the local resource procurement portfolio. And then on to that next slide on the assumptions, we define local resources as generation and capacity that is cited within one of the nine Bay Area counties. The local resource portfolio calls for 995 megawatts of new local resource capacity to meet 50% of clean power assess demand with local resources by 2030. Uh, next slide. So the, this slide illustrates that the proportion of local resource energy supply begins to increase starting in 2026 and provides enough local solar, wind, and geothermal to meet 50% of forecasted energy demand by 2030. Next slide. On the costs, the cost premium for local resource procurement is reflected in this total portfolio cost snapshot, illustrating the annual revenue requirement necessary to serve customers with local resources between 2023 and 2035, estimated at roughly 50% higher than Clean Power SF's forecasted supply costs by 2032. And um, we do want to let you know that we're presenting highlights today. So on the on the next slide, um, we want to uh, encourage you and community members to further explore the more comprehensive set of results posted on our integrated resource plan website at cleanpowersf.org slash resource plan. A lot more detail there. So on the next slide, we turn to our evaluation and recommendation. Um, we'd like to review the criteria we use to evaluate the performing portfolios, as well as the metrics to recommend a preferred performing or preferred conforming portfolio. But we first want to summarize our community engagement and feedback. Um, so if you recall in our July 15th visit to you, we presented a two-phase community outreach plan Phase one was discovery and input phase in which we presented the planning process, released a community survey and held community workshops to understand stakeholder priorities in energy procurement. And this phase occurred from June to July. In between phases, we worked with our technical advisors to model portfolios and present results as they became available. We uploaded initial model results to that same website, cleanpowersf.org slash resource plan in mid-September. And during phase two, which occurred from mid-September through, I guess, last Friday, um, we sought feedback on the modeling results through virtual community listening sessions and an online feedback form. And in this process, we also received two comment letters from members of the public. And feedback was expressed across a broad spectrum and included an emphasis on rates affordability and electric system reliability, 
interest in the role that distributed energy resources can play in local reliability and a general support for the 90% time coincident portfolio with an interest in a higher rate of time coincidence in future plans. Okay, so next slide. Um, in our evaluation, we really looked for that sweet spot. We sought to balance these important priorities consistent with the goals of the Clean Power SF program um, on the environment, how sustainably we can achieve carbon reduction and clean energy targets, cost and risk, or how we weigh the cost to our ratepayers while managing multifaceted risks and local investment which is the degree to which we can sustainably procure local resources. So on the next slide, um, yes, um, to prepare staff recommendation for this year's integrated resource plan, we evaluated each of the conforming portfolios developed using a set of metrics tied to the program goals adopted by the mayor, board of supervisors, and SFPUC commission for Clean Power SF that were affordable and reliable service, cleaner electricity alternatives, local investment and renewable energy projects and jobs, and long-term rate and financial sustainability. So next slide, we're getting to our portfolio rankings. So we weigh the results of our analysis against that matrix. Um, the 90% time coincident portfolio is in the mid-range of affordability. It is the second lowest cost portfolio after the base case, and second most reliable and diverse behind the significantly more costly 95% time coincident portfolio. Across the board, all portfolios yielded comparable results on providing cleaner energy alternatives and local investment. The base case and 90% time coincident case also provided comparable long-term rate and financial stability. By contrast, the 95% time coincident case would cause Clean Power SF to sell a great deal of excess electricity into the home wholesale market. And staying on that for just a, a moment, this means that Clean Power SF would be taking a speculative position that it would be able to recover the cost of these resources from volatile wholesale market revenues. This business model increases risk to Clean Power SF ratepayers who ultimately bear responsibility for these costs through their generation rates. And so our final, I believe our final slide on next steps, there we go. Sorry, I, I think I may have lost you on my end. Can you still hear me? We can hear you, Cheryl. Okay, good. So this is my last slide, thank you. Um, so this coming Monday, October 24th, we'll make our final presentation to the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission to approve and adopt Clean Power SF's integrated resource plan. Following the SFPUC commission approval, we will submit the plan to the CPUC by its November 1st deadline. And that concludes our presentation. Thank you so much for this time. I think we went a little over, but we are available to answer your questions. I don't see any uh, commissioner's uh, name on the roster. Do you have, uh, I believe you do have another presentation. Oh, Jack, uh, commission, Vice Chair Builder, please go ahead. Thank you, Chair Chan. Um, thank you, Mallory, and to all of the PUC staff for putting this together. And for, um, I submitted a comment and questions ahead of this meeting and was pleased to see in my inbox uh, yesterday, some responses. So I appreciate the time you took for that. 
Um, I still have a couple questions. One is um, in one of the earlier slides, it was showing the total portfolio capacity by technology. And I'm still confused as to why there's 100 megawatts less of storage in the 95% portfolio than in the, the 90%. And um, similarly, there's also four times as much solar. And so my question is, where is that solar supposed to go when it's not being used? I know there's a concern about um, not being able to actually sell it on the market and being um, putting putting our portfolio and price stability at risk for that. Mallory, do you want to um, take a shot at this? And Sure, absolutely. Cool. And feel free to supplement my response, Mike. Um, thank you for your question, Commissioner Fielder. Um, is it possible to bring the slides back up? If not, that's fine. Um, yeah, I could do that. Could you remind me what slide you're referring to again? The slide with total portfolio capacity by technology, Mike. Okay. So I guess we'll start my response by saying that um, the portfolios are, are built upon um, technologies that are complementary to each other and also complementary to our demand shape. Um, so while Mike's pulling that up, um, I can speak to the 95% case first. Um, there are, there's quite a bit of diverse baseload resource capacity in that case. That's the only case that did pick up the offshore wind uh, technology type. Um, so you can see that, that the offshore wind and, and the storage would complement that higher proportion of solar for the 95% case. Well, as when you look at the 90, 90%, um, there's more geothermal um, to complement that uh, solar, which is, yes, yeah, slightly smaller in proportion to the 95% case. But it's really just about complementary technologies um, when we see, you know, customer demands during certain hours of the day. Um, so for I'm sure folks know that you know when the sun's shining, um, we can use all of that solar generation in the middle of the day and then discharge that energy into the evening hours as the sun sets with that battery storage. Um, but for that 95% case, we would see more um, hours of the day served by wind um, to offset the solar generation in the middle of the day. I don't know, Mike, if you want to add anything there or if, or if Commissioner Fielder has a follow-up question. No, that really helps. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, my other question had to do with, so we're talking about the difference in um, each portfolio's costs in terms of percentages, but they seem pretty much in the same range to me, especially in this city where we're regularly having conversations about billions of dollars. So it looks like the 95% um, uh, portfolio and the cost of that relative to the base case is only 480 million more um, total. And I, I had asked my question ahead of this meeting about I noticed that the SFPC capital budget is $698 million for this past fiscal year, um, which seems like a large number to me. I'm glad to learn about the, the um, different lanes that they occupy. So water and wastewater, 
revenue is kept there and Hetch Hetchy power revenue is kept there. But I'm wondering, so I, I see that the Clean Power SF capital budget was under $2 million. I just wonder how, how do we think about funding these um, portfolios then? Is that through bonds that the PUC issues or how does that work? Yeah, I'm happy to address that question, uh, Commissioner Fielder. So um, I appreciate your articulation of our response too. I wanna recognize um, the capital plan that that you noted a moment ago, um, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars is for the SFPUC as a department, but we we run separate enterprises, which are really separate business lines, right? Um, they have different ratepayers. Um, they uh, the finances are managed separately, um, and that's important to bondholders. Um, the vast uh, majority of um, that the, the capital budget is water and wastewater, um, uh, followed by secondly by our Hetch Hetchy Power Enterprise and then Clean Power SF. Um, and one of the the principal differences here is that you know Clean Power SF um, is a new business um, with a much more limited historical track record um, to uh, the other business lines. Um, it's also a fundamentally different model. It's not um, unlike uh, water and wastewater. It's not a monopoly. Uh, Clean Power SF is a choice program and customers always have the option to return to P uh, Pacific Gas and Electric for their generation supply. So um, underlying Clean Power SF is a sort of foundational need to be aware that we could lose our customers um, and that it is a competitive environment, um, which changes the kinds of you know, capital commitments that the program can make. Um, now, the, the, the sort of fundamental business approach that Clean Power SF is, is sort of built upon is that we have a revenue stream, which, which are our customer um, payments for electric service. And um, with that revenue stream, we're able to enter into contracts to purchase power um, from third parties that own and operate these uh, power facilities. Um, so uh, this IRP doesn't actually take a position necessarily on how we're financing this, but um, business as usual would be to enter into, um, you know, for new capacity, long-term power purchase agreements, uh, which are typically 10 years or more uh, with a third party so that that third party can secure the financing it needs. Now, um, we've discussed this at previous LAFCO meetings uh, a, a bit, um, and I've also discussed it a bit more in more de depth with um, uh, the executive officer at LAFCO, um, Mr. Pollock. Um, but the Inflation Reduction Act does introduce some changes to the industry as far as um, how uh, federal incentives are um, made available for investments um, that we're looking into as far as how, how we might be able to um, capture those benefits in different ways um, and diversify our approach to building our, uh, you know, our portfolio of supply. 
I hope I didn't miss any elements of that. Sorry, sorry to cut you off. I'm sorry, may I add just a little bit of information and that Mike um, talked about with the other enterprises. I just want to say that the water enterprise has about two and a half million customers in San Francisco, as well as down the peninsula. The um, wastewater enterprise has about 800,000 customers. And we have about, what is it? 380,000 accounts. Is that right, Mike? And yeah, that's right. I'm not yeah. sure how many that power has, but it's a um, little bit sort of in that proportion um, of the capital budgets. Yeah, I think maybe Cheryl, you're, you're speaking to scale here too. So th they are hard to compare, but that's a great metric to think a bit about scale. Um, and and I should say too, that we, the, the clean power SF capital budget that you referred to is cash funded. So um, the way that we are approaching our capital budget today is really by using, um, the sort of you know net revenues that we generate um, to fund these these initiatives that we've uh, developed for our capital plan, some of which we've reported here on a regular basis in the past. Um, but we're certainly looking at you know um, you know developing future capital plans, and again thinking about that in the context of uh, the Inflation Reduction Act and and what levers we can pull to um, sort of optimize this in a way that's best for San Francisco and our ratepayers. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Fielder. Um, I think that, um, I, and I do hope uh, for, you know, Executive Officer Pollock when he do hit, when he can, presents his report, but also the, the, the discussion around the MOUS with SAPUC for the next two items will also help us sort of bridge the gap in understanding or conversation around, you know, infrastructure for our clean power SF that is beyond uh, local build out uh, in our portfolio for just the, the power source, but really to actually have that conversation about um, frankly, the, the grid itself, you know, and, and how do we really uh, turn this into a public power entity that we get to really um, own the infra infrastructure through and through, and that how do we decouple ourselves from uh, PG&E uh, altogether for the long term. And so th that's just my two cents. Um, but I just want to make sure that we're, uh, are there any uh, presentation or additional information that Director Himes, you and your team would like to present for today? Uh, not, not today, um, Chair Chan. I think we're, we're all set. Um, I, I really appreciate uh, this process. And thank you so much, uh, Vice Chair Fielder for your work on this. I really appreciate, you know, having some of these conversations too uh, in advance of today, uh, making sure that, you know, uh, our Executive Officer Pollock be able to present us the memo and, and having uh, a communications to, to understand the feedback and allowing us the time and space, even though no matter how tight the timeline was, to, to still be able to provide the feedback um, in advance uh, from this body 
And so I, I, I look forward to seeing sort of continuing on with this conversation and, uh, and look forward to hearing the feedback that you will receive in, in our November uh, meeting to hear the feedback that you have received from uh, our SFPUC commissioners, uh, as well as once you submit this to CPUC, what are the next steps and what are the feedback? So we, we look forward to continue to track this and please do work closely with Executive Officer Pollock to, so, to allow the commissioners to have feedback and be, be tracking the progress. Thank yeah. you, uh, thank you. Chair Chan, sorry to, sorry to interrupt you. Um, I did actually wanna say one thing um, uh, occurred to me after I passed on that op previous opportunity. <laughs> um, and that actually really is just uh, to express my appreciation, not just for our PUC team, which I think has done an amazing job on this um, under some pretty challenging circumstances, um, but also the LAFCO um, team, um, especially Executive Officer Pollock, who really was has been with us at every possible moment, um, uh, as we've held meetings, um, he attended all of them. Um, he asked for additional meetings. Uh, he submitted very thoughtful comments um, and has asked us a lot of very um, smart questions. So I just want to compliment um, the executive officer for his engagement, thoughtful engagement in this, but also um, Vice Chair Fielder as well. Appreciate the, the letter that you submitted um, and you know, just generally to the support that that you've provided to this exercise, we think it's 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 obviously very important for there to be a public process, and um, we are always striving to do better. But um, I'm very proud of the progress we've made in this respect uh, over the years. I think um, in some in some ways, I I think I'm not going on a limb by saying that we're becoming a model for engagement on this. Thank you, Director Himes, and really look forward to seeing uh, the entire SAPUC group uh, team uh, in November as well. And uh, with that, um, Madam Clerk, could you please open up to public comment for item number four? Yes, thank you, Madam Chair. Mr. Kwan is checking to see if we have any callers in the queue. If you have not already done so, please press star three to be added to the speaker line. For those already on hold, please continue to wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted, and that will be your cue to begin your comments. Um, it does appear we have one caller um, ready to speak. Mr. Kwan, if you could put them forward. You will have three minutes. Uh, good morning, uh, uh, Chair Chan and Commissioners. My name is Paul Wormer. Uh, a, a couple of things. First, I'd really like to compliment the Clean Power SF team on the outreach and transparency on the information. Um, it is very nice to see that, that level of engagement. Um, I heard a phrase, uh, clean power used or, or public power used. I would like to urge you to think of reframing it as public energy um, because power, electric power is one component of energy, but there are reasons to believe that thermal energy, i.e. hot or cold uh, water, are an important component of a good, good path forward to a decarbonized future. And uh, just keeping that in the back of the mind is something that might be an option that you should get looked at is important. Uh, and finally, talking not so much about this IRP, but the IRPs that come after. Um, it would be very helpful, certainly for me to understand, 
what the energy assumptions are underlying uh, the the base demand. So, for example, currently most homes are heated by gas. As we convert to electricity, uh, the amount of electricity will go up, but not for the same level of energy content that the gas provides because heat pumps are vastly more efficient. But that also means that there are assumptions about heat pump efficiency under various conditions that need to be understood and modeled. Uh, it's also clear from the discussions we had uh, with uh, in the public meetings that what's driving the demand is peak period uh, demands, i.e. in the winter when it's cold and dark or in the summer when it's increasingly hot and sunny. And those pose significant demands on the electrical system. And that can be significantly impacted by assumptions about the efficiency of heat pumps and whether there is an air source heat pump or a strategy that allows ground source heat pumps. That can make a big difference in the demand that the city will impose at those peak demand periods. And I think these are things that need to be kept in mind as you look to the 2024 IRP and introducing these expectations now is a lot nicer than introducing them at the last minute. So those are my comments. And uh, again, thanks to uh, Clean Power SF for a really good outreach and discussion. Thank you so much for your comments. Um, Mr. Kwana, do we have any other callers left in the queue? Uh, that completes the queue, Madam Chair. Thank you. Seeing no more public comment, public comment is now closed. This item was for discussion only. No action needs to be taken. Um, so, Madam Clerk, could you please call both item number five and number six together? Item number five is a discussion of the proposed memorandum of understanding between LAFCO and the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission. And item six is the executive officer's report, A, invest, reinvestment working group updates, and B, on the board calendar. Members of the public who wish to provide comments on either of these two items should call 415-655-0001, meeting ID 2491-166-1136, then pound to pound again. If you haven't already done so, please dial star three to line up to speak and a system prompt will indicate that you have raised your hand. Please wait until we call for public comment on these items and the system indicates you have been unmuted and that will be your cue to begin your comments. Madam Chair. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Uh, I see our uh, Executive Officer Pollock is here. You already garner great praises from your colleague and <laughs> Director Mike Hines. Um, I, so I really appreciate uh, you bringing this discussion to us uh, on the proposed memorandum of understanding between uh, our this body and the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission. I do want to give colleagues uh, a little bit of background that this MOU have ex long existed between um, this body and SFPUC, but we, we know that it requires some updates because I believe, and uh, Officer Pollock, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the last update was either 2009 or 2013. Um, so it, it's been a while now. And it, it was really a first form, uh, thanks to uh, then Supervisor Tom Amiano 
and and really pushing actually for what we now know as Clean Power SF. It was really first started as uh, to to really help San Francisco evaluate how do we start municipal power, or in this case, like a caller has mentioned, public energy. Uh, you know, how, how, how do we really approach this? And as it continues to evolve, and I, I think that um, Director Himes was right, uh, as has mentioned earlier, that it, it's, it's really an accomplishment together that we both between LACO and PUC have come this far with Clean Power SF. Uh, but so here we are, you know, we're established the, the way we are today. I think that SFPUC have actively trying to figure out um, how do we really protect ourselves from the volatility of PG&E? And I think that uh, their work has uh, speak for themselves. It, it's, it really speaks for themselves to see, for us to see that that's what they've been doing and their effort. So how does this body uh, with the authority of municipal services review uh, be able to assist and continue to assist uh, but also have oversight and allow uh, some conversation that we are like like we would just had about the portfolio mandate um, to be able to allow this body to provide uh, some assistance, but also oversight uh, and conversation. And I think that it, it is through an MOU that we can do that and an updated MOU. So um, since uh, Officer Pollock has been uh taking this position, I have uh, requested for him to continue these conversation uh, with SAPUC, and I'm grateful that uh, Vice Chair Fielder also has stepped in uh, to, to have the, to assist, you know, to give, provide some feedback, and those feedback is, and uh, all, and all those conversation is actually uh, re reflected in the letter that um, Officer Pollock has provided, and, and it's actually included with this agenda. Uh, that letter actually summarized very well of what we're trying to accomplish and what those conversations has been. Uh, so for the public, uh, you're welcome to sort of look at look over that letter and so you know uh, where, where these conversations has been and, and we ensure the transparency of, of these conversations. Uh, so the floor is yours, uh, Officer Pollock, and to just kind of guide us through this discussion. Again, this is a discussion-only item. Uh, we are not taking action today on the MOU, but would love the commissioners to have feedback and your thoughts uh, on this process and where, where should we be going next and also allow Officer Pollock to give us some updates, the conversation that he, he's been having with SFPUC. The floor is yours. Thank you. Great, thank you very much, Chair Chan. Uh, good morning, Commissioners. Jeremy Pollock, Executive Officer for San Francisco Local Agency Formation Commission, and uh, have a few brief slides to, to guide the discussion. Um, yeah. There we go. Um, let's see, there we go. Uh, so yeah, like uh, Chair Chan said, um, LAFCO and the SFPUC previously had an MOU that was created back in 2009, um, and it was really designed around uh, the launching of the Community Choice Aggregation Program uh, back before it was even named Clean Power SF. Uh, and that MOU was uh, amended to extend it uh, four times, I believe, uh, without any changes to the the scope of work before it expired in in 2020. And um, so, uh, and sort of building on what Chair Chan was saying about the, the relation to the IRP process, um, and first of all, I just want to also uh, thank uh, Mike Himes and all of the Clean Power SF team for their, their work on that and 
uh, and their availability. Um, and I think it's it's worked out really well, sort of timing the IRP process along with this discussion about uh, establishing a new MOU. Uh, and I think the, the the community engagement process of the IRP has really been uh, an educational process for me on um, on Clean Power SF, sort of the the regulatory requirements of the the CPUC um, sort of expressed in the IRP, but also uh, probably more importantly, just the the long term planning process that goes into the IRP and that um, that Clean Power SF has brought, especially to the alternative portfolios that uh, are imagining going beyond what the CPUC requires us to do and looking at uh, what is it going to take to meet the the climate and energy goals that the the city has set for ourselves. Um, and so um, that I think all those discussions have really informed what it is we want to 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 memorialize in a in an MOU between the the two agencies and what um, what role LAFCO can play in advancing that work in the in the upcoming years. Um, and so. Um, We've talked about uh, a scope of work that would be a series of of, of discrete studies that would look at um, specific uh, challenges and questions around uh, our climate work and renewable energy work, um, and uh, largely focused on things that are maybe outside of uh, PUC sort of core responsibilities and that touch on interagency issues where um, you know issues of renewable energy interface with uh, planning codes, building codes. Um, et cetera, um, state and federal issues in funding and and those sorts of things. Um, and so over the last couple of months, I've been uh, um, engaging with uh, the commissioners and members of the public and community groups, as well as the PUC, uh, to to sort of get a sense of what you know what what are uh, you know what are helpful studies that LAFCO could do to to move the ball on on these climate policies um, and appreciate the the PUC's availability for these discussions and um, uh, also a lot of the community groups like uh, had good conversations with Jobs with Justice, uh, Poder, uh, San Francisco Climate Emergency Coalition, and others and. Um, so what are you what this slide is showing is um, kind of a work in progress evolving list of the the ideas that have come up. Um, and I think more and more um, as we hear from from community folks, we're hearing a lot of, of focus on building decarbonization as um, as a key um, challenge that we need to tackle. Um, and uh, I think it, it really ties in well with with the IRP's uh, alternative portfolio that looked at um, uh, the alternative portfolio, uh, looking at what does the electricity system need to be to meet the the mayor's goals for building decarbonization and electrical vi uh, vehicle uh, implementation. And so um, I'm not going to read off this this slide here, but um, yeah, these are sort of the types of studies that we're looking at. Um, and um, I would say that we're you know we're looking at the the MOU as as setting kind of a high level um, scope of work for for the work to be accomplished. Um, and with anticipating that um, the specific work plan would be kind of a work in progress that um, we would flesh out um, um, partly at, at the time that we're creating the MOU uh, with the intention that uh, we would subsequently uh, conduct an RFQ to to see what kind of uh, consultants are out in the world that that can do these kinds of studies and then uh, sort of reevaluate that work plan based on the responses we get and see where we've got well-qualified consultants, what their uh, their budgets are, what uh, what our budget is, and and match that up to, to actually uh, initiate the, the studies that, that rise to the highest on the priority list. Um, and then a couple of uh, update on 
uh, something that we discussed last month uh, on on the scope of the MOU, whether uh, we want to look at Clean Power SF alone or we want to look at all of the the PUC power enterprise, including Hetch Hetchy Power, uh, and uh, the compromise that uh, Chair Chan has proposed was uh, maintaining the the focus on Clean Power SF in the initial language, but uh, adding language to the uh, the MOU, anticipating that we may want to to reconsider the scope in the future. Uh, and then, of course, the the terms and funding of the MOU is uh, is another area that that needs to be resolved. Um, I think uh, the initial proposal from LAFCO was an uh, ambitious five-year, three million dollar program. Uh, the PUC's uh, proposal was uh, a much more targeted three years, six hundred thousand uh, dollars. And I think uh, we've talked about um, just sort of tying the the term and the funding to match the the scope of work, and I think uh, that's something that uh, we need to come to an agreement on to, to finalize this. I, um, I think looking at three years and six hundred thousand dollars would have to be um, a very targeted program of um, you know maybe one major study and some smaller studies that um, wouldn't benefit from as much uh, consultant expertise. Um, and if we're looking to go beyond that, we might need to find either additional funding from the PUC or elsewhere. So. Uh, yeah, question that I'm looking for input from on. Um, and lastly, uh, the next steps are to again finalize the uh, the terms of the MOU and get more input on it, and then uh, to have the uh, MOU approved. Uh, and then, like I said, as, um, after the MOU is in effect, we would conduct an RFQ to to um, solicit for consultants to to do the the studies and support that work, um, and then uh, refine that work plan based on the consultants we get to to uh, set the work plan in motion. And uh, that concludes my presentation. And happy to take any questions, and uh, would love to hear any comments from commissioners on your thoughts on on any of this, and particularly uh, what sort of studies you want us uh, LAFCO to be doing as part of this work. Thank you, Officer Pollock. And, and uh, I see that Vice Chair Fielder is in the queue. And Vice Chair, please. Thank you, Chair Chan. Thank you, Officer Pollock, for putting this together. I really appreciate it. And Chair Chan for monitoring this process. Um, I am supportive of all of these ideas. It seems like a dream. Um, I hope that we can get our, our full requests fulfilled. Um, I want to advocate, though, for um, dedicating at least one study to how we're going to finance all of this, because all these are great. But, you know, as I brought up in the IRP discussion, um, I have a big question mark about how clean power stuff is going to actually meet its um, IRP goals um, in the next 10 years when at the moment our capital budget is only $2 million. So it's clear that we need a lot more financing power, whether that's from bonds or federal grants. And so I'm, in, I'm also gonna advocate for a study on um, funding a local renewable energy resource build out, either just directly or via an MFC, which is a multi, uh, a municipal finance corporation. And this uh, dovetails with my interest in the public bank work. And also a, a question that's coming up in the reinvestment working group, which is how do we take advantage of the new IRA funds? Um, and it's actually a provision of the IRA that there's gonna be a, a massive national green bank 
that a hypothetical MFC could draw from. And there's also going to be a state level energy efficiency revolving loan fund, um, federal funding for power grid modernizations and, and microgrids. There's new IRA tax credits for renewable energy projects. That's the biggest one. Um, and I just, I would love to see how this could catalyze our, um, you know, getting to that 95% time coincident portfolio by 2030. And even like getting to the 50% local content target, which is generally expensive, but I think is a great opportunity to create thousands of green jobs. And of course, meet our city's decarbonization goals by 2040. So that's what I'll say on that. But thank you so much for guiding this process and putting it together. Thank you, Vice Chair Fielder, uh, Com Commissioner Marr. Thanks, Chair Chan, and thank you, Executive Officer um, uh, Pollock, for the um, update on, on the negotiations uh, around a new MOU um, uh, for LAFCO with the PUC. And I'm also very supportive of the, um, you know, what you've identified as, as potential study topics focused on building decarbonization and um, um, accelerating um, electrification of our transportation sector, et cetera. Um, the, yeah, these, these are um, extremely important um, 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 issues right now in our city, you know, with, with our updated climate action, more aggressive climate action plan. So I, I guess my, um, I just, I had a comment and a question, just I wanted to make sure that there's um, good, there will be good coordination, not just with the PUC, but also with SF environment on this work too, because, um, you know, uh, I and, and Chair Chan in, in the budget process this year, you know, advocated for pretty um, historic investments in in, um, in in climate action in our city. Um, I think there, there was $2.6 million we did as an ad back um, to, to mostly to, or to SF environment. Um, and a lot of it was focused on increasing staffing and, and, and some funding for professional services, contra professional service contracts focused on building decarbonization and electrification of the transportation sector. So I know SFE has really started to move ahead with that. I think there's, if I remember right, three new positions that will be in SFE on building decarbonization and one on transportation electrification and, and some other important positions on environmental justice and, and community outreach as well. So, so SFE is, is really going to be able uh, for the first time to have some actual capacity to, to, um, to, to play a significant role on, on, on these important issues and um, to just, yeah. Wondered. And and I know even like they, they just released an RFP SFE did um, and um, there there's some some of the uh, professional service contracts are related to analysis um, calling for analysis on on building decarbonization um, uh, yeah so just wanted to make sure there's good coordination yeah with with particularly with SFE on this and. Um, and, and that's something I could help with too. And, I'm, and I and my office have been working closely with all the stakeholders, um, executive officer um, Pollock that you mentioned, you got input from as well, you know, Poder and, and the Climate Emergency Coalition. And we're actually looking at creating a, um, um, a building decarbonization um, task force or working group just to pr provide more um, um, 
community input and oversight to this important work. So, and and actually, I'm sorry. One one other point is I, I did want to echo um, uh, Commissioner Fielder's point around fund the need for funding. You know, for um, so that um, we could really move ahead with um, building decarbonization and emission-free transportation as aggressively as possible, but but also do it as you know do it equitably and and fairly. Um, I just on building decarbonization. Um, there, there, I commissioned a budget and legislative an, an analyst office um, look at, at um, how much it would cost to, to fully electrify and create emission-free residential buildings in San Francisco. I think there, there is about 240,000 residential units that, that need to be converted from natural gas to all electric. And they came up with a really large figure. It was 3.5 to $5.9 billion to fully convert the 240,000 residential units to, um, from natural gas appliances to all electric. So it's going to require significant subsidies, both to, to accelerate that work, but also to ensure that it's done equitably um, for low income and, and working class um, homeowners or property owners that um, that will need to take that on. So I think that I would I think for LAFCO, I would also support LAFCO sort of looking at um, financing and 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 funding strategies for this important work as a potential topic. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Mar and, and uh, Officer Pollock. Uh, would you like to um, respond? Yeah, I just respond briefly. Uh, thank you very much, uh, both of you, for those comments and uh, to Commissioner Mar's comments about coordinating with the Department of the Environment. Uh, absolutely agree that's critical and uh, spoke with Director Tyrone Ju a while ago about this process. And um, yeah, definitely he's near probably the top of my list on folks to check in uh, as we get close to finalizing this to make sure we're coordinating and um, you know uh, avoiding duplication of effort and seeing where uh, where LAFCO's work can fit in and, and complement what what they're doing um and yeah appreciate your your leadership and your offers offices leadership on building decarbonization um actually just yesterday uh your legislative aide uh edward wright invited me to a meeting with uh folks to talk about uh decarb working and how lafco is moving on this so um yeah excited to to move forward on all of this and um agree with both you and uh chair fielder about the the need for figuring out the financing on all of this and um, I think, you know, the figures you cite for building decarbonization and the figures that uh, Vice Chair Fielder referenced on um, the the cost of the the IRP portfolios um, are are definitely daunting figures. And um, I think in hearing the responses from Mr. Himes on uh, the limitations of of clean power SF ratepayer funds, it's clear that we're going to need to to supplement that with uh, with every every option on the table from um, you know financing and tax credits to you know whatever else it's going to take, whether it's revenue bonds, general obligation bonds, uh, uh, other revenue measures is going to uh, quite a bit of work to to hit these targets that we're talking about in the next uh, uh, eight to ten years. Thank you, Officer Pollock and uh, Commissioner Williams. Hi, not to be an echo chamber here, but I too would like to thank Executive Officer Pollock. He has been so supportive of, of and introducing me to this commission and the work that is being done. I'd also like to thank uh, Supervisors uh, Mar and Chan for being champions for the environment and for doing this for the city. 
wonderful. And um, just to put another kind of emphasis on on what Jackie, or uh, sorry, Commissioner Fielser had brought up and um, what uh, Executive Officer Pollock and uh, Commissioner Marr have already um, said as well, I think it'd be quite and very important to figure out how this finance, finance how to finance this transition. And um, yeah, very, very excited to see how this will roll out. So thank you. Just talking, just trying to sing praises. <laughs> um, contribution. Absolutely. Thank you, Commissioner Williams. I really appreciate that. And uh, well, and I really also appreciate everyone here to uh, give uh, Officer Pollock some uh, direction. And and, and I, I think even if it's uh, affirmation, you know, it's actually really good. I, I think that publicly to see that for, for, for this conversation that, um, again, I, I think that this is a uh, reason why this is on the agenda to allow sort of having this public discussion and affirmation and confirmation that, you know, this is the direction that as a body that we would like Officer Pollock to continue um, and this conversation with SIPUC. So here we go. We have some of that direction. So um, with that discussion uh, ending, we are moving on to the executive officer's report. Okay, give me one moment to change gears. Um, I don't have a slide deck for this. I'm going to try to keep this very brief. Uh, just a, a couple uh, housekeeping updates. Um, uh, one notice was uh, with uh, Governor Newsom's recent announcement of the upcoming end of the, the COVID-19 emergency at the end of February 2023. Uh, we're assuming that we'll be transitioning back to in-person meetings starting in March. Uh, and so planning to work with uh, the clerk's office and our legal counsel on uh, preparing for that transition um, and then also expecting that the reinvestment working group will need to be transitioning to in-person meetings as well so uh, uh, our uh, policy analyst Khaled Samurai will be working with uh, with all those folks as well as the city attorney's office on figuring out uh, 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 the logistics of that and trying to find a room for the the nine working group members in in city hall for those meetings um, and uh, one other update is on the uh, the electric bike incentive uh, pilot program that uh, LAFCO is a partner in with uh, the Department of the Environment. Um, after uh, some delay, that uh, was reheard at the Budget and Finance Committee meeting on Wednesday and uh, was uh, re-referred back to the full Board of Supervisors, this time with positive recommendation. Um, previously, it was sent forward without recommendation, and there was uh, a number of questions. Uh, it sounds like that's been worked out, particularly around uh, outreach with uh, President Shimon Walton's office on the, the community engagement plan that they have for uh, determining the site for the electric vehicle charging station in Bayview Hunters Point. Uh, and so that will be uh, back at the full board of supervisors next Tuesday. Uh, I know Department of the Environment is, it sounds like they're close to, to bringing on a, a project manager for that program. So uh, hoping that program will, will kick off soon and uh, soon we'll be able to, to see those e-bikes those e being uh, delivered to uh, delivery workers. And um, yeah, looking forward to continuing to participate in that program. Um, and then uh, lastly, I would turn it over to uh, Khaled Samurai to give you a couple brief updates on the reinvestment working group. Thank you, Jeremy. Uh, hello, commissioners. Uh, my name is Khaled Samurai. I'm the policy analyst for the San Francisco Reinvestment Working Group. 
I have two updates for you. Um, the first is uh, about the community outreach effort that the uh, working group is uh, undertaking. The working group, um, working with the consultants, uh, HRNA, um, and their subcontractor, uh, Contigo Communications, conducted focus groups with representatives um, from San Francisco, uh, CDFI, small businesses, green energy advocacy groups, and city departments to gather information from the San Francisco community about what they want to see in a public bank. Um, at the October 20th, 2022 reinvestment working group meeting, so yesterday, the group discussed the results of the focus groups um, and the gaps identified in the existing um, lending market. And HRNA will evaluate potential solutions as it, as it develops the business plan for a non-depository municipal financial corporation and public bank. Um, the other update regards um, the governance proposal. So the reinvestment working group working with the San Francisco Public Banking Coalition and uh, the consultant HRNA um, and their subcontractor Gary Stephen Finley and Associates continue to redefine uh, the details of the proposal for a governance structure of a public bank. Once that plan is finalized, the reinvestment working group will then be soliciting feedback from um, the FDIC, the federal U.S. Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, on the proposal. Um, that's it for my um, updates. Happy to take any questions on that. Thank you. And Commissioner Williams. Sorry that I'm talking so much. Um, Thank you so much for that update. I'd also like to share that I was um, participated in one of their fo focus groups where they had brought in every single housing organization in the city to ask them what the road roadblocks were and they were incredibly receptive and um, supportive and it's just very exciting um, with the future of public banks and um, special plug for community land trusts and how that relationship will develop. So thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Williams and Vice Chair Fulber. Um, Thank you so much to Khalid for uh, keeping all of this together. It's, it's a lot of work. Um, and we're now in our sixth month of this reinvestment working group. Um, and thanks to Commissioner Williams for participating in a focus group. There was um, a lot of discussion yesterday at yesterday's reinvestment working group meeting about um, those focus groups and the findings from them. There was an assessment of existing city loan programs um, having to do with housing and small businesses, um, hoping to see more on renewable energy. Um, I'm wondering if it's possible to share on the record the um, presentation from yesterday so that other commissioners can see the preliminary findings from the focus groups. Um, but uh, at the moment, I'm going to be advocating that our consultants do more research about what other municipal public banks around the world and other public banks, uh, how they, what products they offer in the renewable energy, housing, and small business space so that we're, we're thinking not just in our current box, but thinking um, about more innovative approaches, especially to things like uh, community land trusts and so much more. And um, yeah, I really appreciate Khaled, all of your work as always. Thank you, commissioners. Thank you, Vice Chair Filder. Uh, 
call it, do you want to give a bit more feedback or you feel that you're, you're good and everyone feels good having their questions answered? Um, I feel good. Um, I'll email the uh, the presentation from uh, HRNA to uh, the clerk to add to the legislative file, if that works for everybody. That would be great. I, I thought that that's actually a great suggestion. And uh, Officer Pollock, do you want to give a concluding pre uh, comments for today's presentation? Yeah, just to, to build on that, I for members of the public that are interested in, in learning more about the, the focus groups and anything related to the reinvestment working group, uh, if you just go to the, the LAFCO website, sfgov.org slash LAFCO, uh, there is a tab in the, the top navigation bar for the reinvestment working group, um, and that has uh, all of the background information. And if you go to the, the meeting information, the, uh, the agenda for the October 20th meeting has a link to the, the presentation on the focus groups. Um, and yeah, I just want to echo everyone's uh, compliments to, to Khaled. He's been doing an, a, an amazing job of, of coordinating what's becoming a very complex process and uh, really appreciated the, the discussion at yesterday's meeting. It was nice to uh, really got into the nuts and bolts of sort of lending gaps that exist in the city and what uh, like lending programs uh, a public bank or MFC could do to, to serve those needs. And um, yeah, our consultants did a great job of turning around uh, information from the focus groups on a couple days notice to give in digestible form for the working groups. So um, yeah, very, uh, very happy to see all of that progress. Thank you. Likewise, I really appreciate everybody's involvement. I think this is a collectively as a body uh, really actively working on uh, really critical issues on our front. And in fact, they're actually all very complicated issues. And uh, by far, I would say both, you know, be it Clean Power SF in this case, you know, about public bank, that they're actually uncharted territory for San Francisco. And it, 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 we're, we're, we're doing something that uh, San Francisco has never done before and, and continue to like, you know, a trajectory, a, a path that hopefully we, we can uh, continue to explore and uh, make progress. And I look forward to seeing sort of the end product definitely around public bank. So with that said, thank you both uh, for today's uh, presentation and thank you all for today's discussion. Uh, there's this, again, these are just discussion uh, item for discussion only. Uh, no action will be taken. Uh, with that, I would like to open this for public comment. Thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, Mr. Kawana is checking to see if we have any callers in the queue. If you have not already done so, please press star three to be added to the speaker's line. For those already on hold, please continue to wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted. We do have two callers in the on the line. Mr. Kawana, could you pl please put the first caller forward? You will have three minutes. Um, good morning again, Commissioners. Paul Wormer. Uh, and I just want to uh, start by commending Officer Pollock on the outreach he's doing about plans to interested parties. Uh, I wanted to say, having looked at the MOU, that there's the focus on single-family home behind the meter batteries. And I would encourage any assessment of energy storage to also look at in front of the meter storage. And there are a couple of reasons for this. One is if everyone has their own battery, the batteries will be sized to maximize the demand for their use. 
and that means a larger battery than is needed uh, if instead it was a, in front of the meter battery because in that case you're looking at the averaged maximum demand under worst case conditions and even in that case I will take winter in San Francisco um, peak heating demand which will be a big draw on electrical energy but not everyone will be in San Francisco on all days when it's cold people will be off skiing they will be doing a vacation up the coast and so the peak demand for the community is less than the sum of the individual peak demands for all the houses. And so by going with an in front of the battery, meter battery, you can perhaps make do with a slightly smaller energy storage, uh, which ultimately is more cost effective for everyone, number one. And number two, means you are providing energy storage for those members of the community in rental properties or multifamily buildings uh, as owners but where there is not space for multiple batteries. The second point is that as we look at larger store energy storage, um, alternative uh, storage technologies become available. Uh, and there are a host of electrical storage technologies, batteries that are coming out that are not the lithium ion, which is the default for home use. And these other technologies probably aren't suitable for in-home use, but are suitable on a larger community or district scale. So I encourage assessment of battery storage to look at both options. I don't know what the answer is, but if we don't ask the right questions, we won't get the right answers. Uh, so that's my comment. Thank you. Thank you for your comments, Mr. Wormer. Uh, may we have the next caller, please? Can you hear me now? Yes, please proceed. Great, uh, David Pilpel. Um, and this is public comment on both items five and six, is that correct? Yes. Great, uh, okay, so on item five, the uh, MOU with the PUC, um, I would, uh, I don't have a specific thought right this moment on the amount of money or the time, but I do as to scope, um, I think having um, greater power planning uh, to not just uh, reference things like the IRP, but to also uh, consider um, planning for uh, supply and demand for um, Hetchy power uh, would be excellent. Um, and including uh, within that um, the issue of a connection from Newark to San Francisco. If we don't discuss publicly um, whether to uh, have a connection from Newark uh, to the city, that, Newark is the end of the uh, Hetchy uh, power line. Uh, if we don't have a, a discussion on whether to do that, how to do it, and how to pay for it, then it's never going to happen, and we will continue to be subject to PG&E in terms of uh, transmitting power from uh, Newark to the city with all that that um, you know, requires. So I, I, I just think that there is uh, a greater power planning um, idea uh, that can uh, include uh, LAFCO and, and maybe the scope of this uh, 
next MOU is, is the way to address it. Um, and then finally, on item six on the executive officer's report, the um, agenda promises that those um, that that written report uh, is a packet item that will be attached, but it still hadn't been attached as of uh, right now. And so if there is a written report, if that could be uh, attached uh, to the agenda, then the public would have access to that, um, I believe, excellent executive officer's report. Thanks very much for listening. Thank you for your comments. Uh, Mr. Corona, do we have any other callers left in the queue? There are no more callers, Madam Chair. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Seeing no more public comments. Public comments is now closed. There is actually uh, let's call and uh, let's call item number. There will be no action taking from this item. Discussion only. Uh, Madam Clerk, please call item number seven. Yes, item number seven is a general public comment. If members of the public who want, wish to provide public comment um, on matters that are within this, the matter within the jurisdiction of LAFCO, but not on today's agenda, they should be calling 415-655-0001, meeting ID 2491-166-1136, then pound and pound again. If you haven't already done so, please dial star three to line up to speak. Assistant prompt will indicate you have raised your hand. Please wait until we call, um, and when, um, please wait until the system engages. You have been unmuted and that will be to begin your comments. Mr. Kuana is checking to see if we have any callers in the queue, and we have no commenters, Madam Chair. Thank you. Seeing that, uh, public comments uh, is now closed. Uh, Madam Clerk, please call uh, item number eight. Item number eight is future agenda items. Members of the public who wish to provide comment should call our public comment number now. Press star three to line up to speak. And when the system indicates you have raised your hand, please continue to wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted when we call for public comment on this matter. Madam Chair. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Uh, we already, thanks to our officer, Pollock, we, we typically already have our forward calendar uh, posted and listed, um, but also, of course, always welcome any uh, discussion that you would like to have to add any item for our future agenda. Seeing no, com no, com no one listed on the roster for comments, I, I do have a one quick um, note for Officer Pollock and it's really for Director Hines that uh, in the last few days in the city, uh, there have been a spotty power outage. Um, and uh, uh, we, we would just like to have just a brief update if cause has been identified. I know that for sure that outer Richmond, uh, it was a power outage due to the transformer uh, was, uh, due to a transformer blew up or actually outage, I shouldn't say blow up because that sounds like an explosion, but uh, it was located at uh, 40th Avenue in Cabrillo. Um, or about 40, 40th Avenue in Balboa, that was the transformer. So just, just kind of curious why what is happening with the city's grid system. Uh, so just a brief uh, update, either during the discussion or a, a submitted memo should suffice, but thank you. Uh, okay, so, oh, sorry, do you wanna? I was Very just gonna confirm that uh... 
uh, I'll look into that with uh, with Mr. Himes and uh, yeah, plan to report back next month. Sounds good. And sorry, Vice Chair Fugler. Very quickly, I support that. I think I, I actually saw them blow out all the way from Dolores Park, like two flashes in a row. So that's a little concerning. Yeah, great. So let's let's uh, have, have some updates and understanding the grid and the equipment. Um, thank you so much, everyone. And so, uh, Madam Clerk, should we open for public comments on this item? Yes, Mr. Kalana is checking to see if we have any other callers in the queue. If you have not already done so, please press star three to enter the speaker's line. Um, and it appears there are no callers. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Seeing no more public comments uh, on this item, public comment is now closed. Uh, Madam Clerk, please call the next uh, item. Uh, the final item is adjournment. Thank you. The meeting's adjourned. And uh, sorry, Madam Clerk, could you announce the next the date for the next meeting? The next meeting is on 